0: It's Wednesday, February the 10th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Trump's impeachment trial begins and the World Health Organization's investigation concludes. First, the World in Brief. The Senate voted to move forward with Donald Trump's impeachment trial, declaring the proceedings constitutional. The trial is expected to last at least a week. Mr. Trump was impeached for incitement of insurrection over his role in the January 6th Capitol riot. Following a baffling opening statement by the former president's lawyers, another Republican senator joined the five who have already indicated they regard the trial as constitutional. A conviction, however, remains unlikely. Troops in Myanmar raided the offices of the National League of Democracy, the country's largest political party, and destroyed them, according to the NLD. Protesters in Naypyidaw, the capital, persisted after police tried dispersing them with rubber bullets and water cannons, injuring at least four. One woman apparently shot in the head with live ammunition is in a serious condition. The World Health Organization concluded that the SARS-CoV-2 virus could have been transmitted to humans by an unknown intermediary host species. At the end of a contested visit to China, its experts said it was extremely unlikely the coronavirus had escaped from a lab. More research will be needed to pinpoint its origin. The WHO will now explore the potential role of the trade in frozen wild animal products. Pakistan approved Russia's Sputnik V COVID-19 vaccine for emergency use, becoming the 22nd country to do so. The country of 220 million has already authorised China's Sinopharm vaccine and another developed by AstraZeneca and Oxford University. Clinical trials showed Sputnik V, which is administered in two shots three weeks apart, to have an efficacy of 91.6% against symptomatic COVID-19. The number of job openings increased slightly in America in December, even while new hiring declined, according to the Labor Department. The picture for the country's employment market remains mixed. The latest report, published on Friday, said the economy gained just 49,000 jobs in January after shedding 227,000 in December. Honda and Nissan said they will sell 100,000 and 150,000 fewer vehicles respectively this year than first planned. Japan's second and third largest car makers both bemoaned a lack of semiconductors and increasingly important components in all cars. Such shortages have also led General Motors to announce it will keep three factories shut until mid-March. And Josep Borrell, the European Union's foreign policy chief, urged the Russian government to release Alexei Navalny or face new sanctions. The Kremlin critic was jailed last month after he returned to Russia for the first time in months, having survived poisoning with a nerve agent. Mr. Burrell called Russia's President Vladimir Putin a merciless authoritarian. And now, here's today's agenda Down is up. Global inflation. Several inflation indices have moved higher than expected in recent weeks. In the euro area, for example, the underlying rate recently reached its highest point in five years. That will make today's consumer price data in America particularly interesting. Inflation expectations there have risen strongly and economists are locked in a debate about whether President Joe Biden's planned $1.9 trillion stimulus might overheat the economy later this year, something that Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, may comment on in his speech today. Oil prices have recently surpassed $60 a barrel for the first time since before the pandemic and bottlenecks are pushing up the cost of shipping goods around the globe. Other prices compared with those from a year earlier are likely to rise over the coming months as they recover from a general collapse during the spring of 2020. But it is too soon to judge whether higher inflation will last. Commodity prices. Oil at $60. This week, the price of Brent crude crept above $60 a barrel for the first time in more than a year. Covid-induced national lockdowns had squashed demand. The price of American futures contracts plunged below zero in April. Now prices are climbing once more, partly because of rising demand in China, which investors are hoping will be matched elsewhere. In America, for instance, Joe Biden's proposed recovery package may stimulate demand. Tighter supply is also playing a part. Saudi Arabia, the de facto leader of the Organisation of the Petroleum Exporting Countries, announced further production cuts in January. Other commodity prices are up too, including those of materials used to make batteries for electric vehicles, such as nickel and copper. Low oil supply and enthusiasm for green alternatives look likely to prop up the prices of both for some time. Follow My Lead Sweden's Monetary Policy Sweden's central bank will probably keep interest rates at zero today because the country's economy has been performing better than it had predicted. Statistics Sweden recently reported that GDP grew 0.5% in the last quarter of 2020 and shrank by only 3% in the year. The Riksbank had previously forecast contractions of 1.2% and 5.3%. In February 2015, the world's oldest central bank cut its repurchase rate at which commercial banks can both borrow or deposit money below zero in order to fight deflation. It returned to zero in December 2019, while others that had also gone negative such as the European Central Bank left them there. The idea behind the seemingly paradoxical policy of sub-zero rates is to encourage banks to lend more, thus stimulating the economy, instead of hoarding cash at the Central Bank. The question of whether it works is still up for debate. Hotel Heathrow Britain's Quarantine Plans anti-coronavirus measures for travellers coming to Britain are about to change. Currently, those entering the country must provide a negative result from a COVID-19 test and isolate for up to 10 days. People from 33 red-list countries are not allowed in at all. But from Monday, those arriving in England from these high-risk places, mainly residents of Britain or Ireland, will have to pay £1,750 $2,380, for a quarantine package. This includes a 10-day stint at a guarded hotel, transport from the airport and two additional tests. Meanwhile, everyone returning to Scotland, including from lower-risk countries, will be placed in a quarantine hotel. Dodgers could face fines of up to £10,000 or even prison. Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, has come under increased pressure over his tardiness at securing the borders. The emergence of worrying mutations may have prompted his newfound urgency. Britain is unlikely to be the last country to impose such draconian rules. (music) Signs of life? Germany's lockdown. With the Covid-19 caseload falling steadily, Germany's national and state leaders may offer a small glimpse of relief from the country's lockdown when they meet today. Most restrictive measures which extend to bars, restaurants, cultural centres, exercise venues and most shops are likely to remain until at least the end of the month. Angela Merkel, the Chancellor, is deeply concerned about the spread of highly contagious viral strains. The so-called British variant now accounts for 6% of new infections in Germany and rising. Some state leaders now acknowledge that last autumn they should have listened to the Chancellor's entreaties to lock down harder. But the politicians may agree on elements of a plan to start reopening schools and daycare centres, at least for younger children, and in regions with especially low infection numbers. Should the caseloads continue to fall that could pave the way for the broader reopening German companies crave. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Montesquieu, who died on this day in 1755. There is no greater tyranny than that which is perpetrated under the shield of the law and in the name of justice.